from Yellow Petticoat Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Momish Radio with Bunny and Jen, an authentic look at life, work, and the absurdities of motherhood. Let's, Let's do, do it! it. <laughs> always do (laughs) it's kind of funny but not oh so let me tell you this so so the kids and I went to the store because Addison is um celebrating 80s day at school and he decided that he wanted to be Michael Jackson so as opposed to buying things to make up his costume I was like oh let's put some stuff together to create this sort of look of Michael Jackson right, in the eighties. It's, it's almost Halloween. You probably could have ran right over to the party city. I could have. And you had the whole costume. No, That's... but it's much more fun uh to make the costume. Yeah. As much as you can. And he enjoyed it. Cool. So so we went to find some materials and um anyways we were looking for some buckles and some zippers. So we're in the store and we're in the aisle and on the other aisle I just hear this really, really loud voice of a woman telling Another woman, who I can't see because I'm on the other aisle, telling a woman that she and her black friend often tell these jokes to make light of race. And they... So she's not black. She's not black. Okay. Right. So she's telling these jokes and they're trying to make light of race. And, you know, it's their way of communicating and talking about race. And she said, you know, there is a woman that I sometimes tell these jokes to, but she never laughs. And I don't understand why she doesn't laugh. Well, and so <laughs> probably because maybe, maybe her jokes aren't funny. Right. OK. And maybe right. and maybe it's not funny, but keep going. Sorry. So I could tell from the other person's responses to her that she was uncomfortable, that she was not comfortable with what she was saying because she was sort of trying to thwart it. And her voice was so loud that it seemed like she was trying to make a point, like, you know, to have it spread. So she continued talking about these jokes and I'm with the kids, mind you. Okay. I decided that, you know, one way to thwart the conversation and hopefully stop her from saying anything that might potentially be more offensive is to walk around the corner and stand in the aisle, right? Okay. And it happened that actually it was a good idea that we did because that's where the buckles were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, we're on the aisle, and she has also said during this conversation that she is a teacher, and she has indicated what school she is a teacher at. Okay? Wow. So I walk around to the other side, and I then see the two women. One is a Caucasian woman. One is an African-American woman. And they cease the conversation because they see me with the kids. And they start talking about whatever craft it is that they're preparing for. Question for you. Would you have felt the need to stop the conversation or make it known that you were overhearing their conversation if you weren't with the kids? That's a good question. And I don't know that I would feel the same way. Right. Like I was feeling, I wouldn't have felt the same way. Sure. Because what? it's something that I feel like I'm accustomed to hearing. And I just kept right. thinking in my head, how am I going to explain to them that there are instances where people feel it's okay to say negative and derogatory things about each other through jokes. And that's not okay. Right. Right. And so just in general, joke, joking about race is not. Right. It's not okay. It's not cool. Right. I decided, and I kind of was thinking to myself, should I call the school? Should I call the head of the school? I can't believe. Okay. 
Yeah, I was sort of like, should I call the school? No, should I, can, I not I call mean, the I school? No, I mean, I can believe that you would call the school, but... Yes. Well, what I was thinking was... Well, because I know, know you. It, being mindful. You're in a public place. Right. You represent a school, and you're a teacher. Well, did you catch her name? I didn't get her name. Okay. I didn't get her name. So I decided to call the school. Wow. So I decided to call the school, and I let them know that I was in a store, and I overheard this conversation... And I was with my children and that I want to talk to the head of school or perhaps your principal and have a dialogue about what I heard. Right. And so she wasn't the principal wasn't there at the time. And she called me back about 20 minutes later. And so I'm explaining to her what I've just overheard. I said, you know, in no way was there any derogatory language, but I could tell that the woman who was listening to um I actually describe them as a younger woman and an older woman. I could tell that they that the older woman was uncomfortable listening to this conversation, right. right? And that clearly she was trying to dissuade the younger woman from continuing on with this dialogue, right? Because she was obviously she wanted other people to hear what she had That's to right. say. Otherwise, she would not be having the conversation that she was as loud as she was, right? Because you're on another aisle. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly okay. right. So I, I completed telling my story and she said, can you hold on for just a moment? I'm going to close my door. Oh, Lord. And I was like, okay. I mean, okay. What, what's she, what, what is, is she, she going to say? say? <laughs> so she closed her so door. So let me ask you this. Does she know that you are... Can she tell from the conversation or did you indicate that whether you were of African-American descent or you were Caucasian? Cause, you I know, didn't indicate you either. Because I'm talking to you right now and I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't know. I'm still uh, confused. No, I'm no she, she didn't. And I didn't indicate. And I also, in describing the two women, didn't use race as the descriptor. Okay. Right? I stayed away from that. Right? Purposely. Purposely. Mm-hmm. So she... Comes back to the phone and she says, I just want to let you know that I was the older woman. Oh! I was like, oh my God. Are you kidding? Oh did you hang well, up? good. Did you hang up the phone immediately? <laughs> Oops, wrong number. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was surprised. Sure, sure. I'm surprised as well. I was shocked. So the older woman was the principal. That is crazy. And the head of the or head of the school. Wow. And so she was very. Um, she listened really well, and she said, "You know, you read the situation." exactly as it was. I was extremely uncomfortable with the conversation and I was trying to dissuade to dissuade her from continuing to have this dialogue. What I can share with you is sort of this backstory about why she was having this conversation okay. and she was trying to gather some more perspective and feedback about how to deal with instances where people don't laugh at jokes about race and where some people do laugh about jokes at race about race and she she gave a backstory I don't know you know I'd be interested to know what you know what she considers as a joke or what kinds of things that she was saying because race in general, it's not a, a laughing matter. What is there really to laugh about? Right. I guess. And so it's not like, oh, we should all be angry and have these negative feelings and attitu- attitudes towards race. But, you know, if you want to say something that that lightens the load or is uplifting about race, 
often say we have conversations about right. things that are uplifting and that are, you know, creating some camaraderie and acceptance about race. That's right. And and the 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 thing about jokes is typically they're based on stereotypes, right? So right. they're not it's not ever an empowering joke about sure. race. They tend to be based on what you are either ignorant about or you're stereotyping another race about. That, that's very true. So she said that she explained and she wasn't giving an excuse because she acknowledged that, hey, you know what? It was the wrong time and an inappropriate place to have the conversation. And I expressed to her that, you know, one of the things that was most striking for me was I was there with my two kids. And in my mind, I just kept thinking, what kind of dialogue do I have with them about why people think it could potentially be okay to joke about race. And so one of the reasons why I also very quickly went to the aisle was because she didn't seem very mindful, and I didn't know where she was going to go with right. the conversation. Right. right. Well, the other thing that that is that concerns me is that if she, her being a teacher, if she's exactly. not being mindful about the way that she talks in public. What is she saying in front of those exactly. children? Exactly. And then additionally, what kind of friendship does she have with her boss that she thinks it's okay That's right. to talk about things in that way? That's right. To, and then her boss of an op, of, that was not of the same race. Right. So, And I did say that to her. I said, you know, one of the things that also made me know that I needed to call was because She's a teacher at your school and at a school that has a religious affiliation that claims to accept all people. And you're having this dialogue who in public, which I mean, it just it, it seemed like I certainly would not send my kids to that school because it sounds like that's OK. Right. And it's right. not OK. She said that she was very grateful that I called, that, you know, she's she glad that I spoke up. She was so crazy that that was the same one. I I'm know. sorry. Like, I cannot get over that. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, kidding. Yeah, I, I was the older woman. I did not know where you were going with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It felt like kind of a, sh- a movie. Yeah, exactly. That's like, what I was I'm like, thinking. Uh, You're oh, making okay. this up. This story is so good. It is. It was <laughs> It was juicy. But yeah, so my whole point, and I actually had a download with the kids about it. Right. right. And I said to them that, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from this is that always speak up. Because we all knew in that moment there was something uncomfortable. And while it didn't necessarily have to be derogatory, something could have spawned into something derogatory because it was headed in that direction. And we needed to speak up, you know, and actually say, certainly, if you want to have that conversation, we're not taking that away from you. But it is apparent that you're not being mindful of all the people that are around you right now. Yeah, some things are just better left unsaid. Yeah, or, or say it in the car. Or, or, or say just, it in your you head. Know, right, exactly. <laughs> or say it to your husband. <laughs> right, exactly. So that was, did the kids have any follow-up questions, or what kind of things were they saying or thinking? Well, this was interesting because they said, well, why didn't the older woman tell her to stop saying that? That's a very good question. That I had the question as well. Yes, and I said, well, you know, probably because... She was uncomfortable, and she didn't necessarily have the words in that moment to right. tell her to stop. Which and that I happens. wondered that it does happen. That, that happens. To, that happens to me 
sometimes too. Have you ever been in a situation where it was like, gosh, if I had that to do over again, I would have said this. Right. Of course. And so, you know, maybe that was, that happens. And I think she said, this is what she said to me, was that when they got in the car, she, they had a deeper conversation about it. And I think she was able to then express some of the things that she was feeling when they were in the aisle. But Sometimes people are doing or saying things so shocking that you really don't know what to say. Right, You're just kind true. of in disbelief. Like, is this really happening it's true. right now? It's true. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm so glad that when you talked to them, you kind of brought it back to something that they could use moving forward. Mm-hmm. That it is appropriate in in any occasion where you're not, you know, being mean or hurting someone to stand to to say how you feel, Absolutely. To, to to stand up for yourself and That's stand right. up for those around you and to like you said speak up. That's right. And so I that that actually makes me so I'm so glad that you brought that back. I'm always um, looking for little, you know, nuggets of wisdom to share with the children in different scenarios to take with them. And so that reminds me of the conversation that we had a few weeks ago with Andy's um, teachers. Remember, sure. we were talking a little bit about um, race. And so when she got in the car that day, she asked me, because she immediately, so funny, she immediately saw me on my phone texting. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was actually emailing the teachers at that time. And so she said, mommy, are you, are you going to say something to the teachers? Because I don't, I don't want you to say anything. And so mm-hmm. I didn't tell her that we had that conversation, but I think that I will yeah. come back and say, and just to kind of talk about that again mm-hmm. and to tell her that, you know, I did feel it was important because you know, my, of these are what my feelings were and my concerns as it related to her. And I wanted to speak up, speak up for her and to just speak up. Right. And um, and that it's OK to do that. And it is OK. And that you should do that. If yeah. you have if you have strong feelings about something, it's OK to say how you feel. Mm-hmm. And that person may or may not agree with you. And that's OK too. And so we were actually having a similar conversation about, you know, saying what's on your mind or saying how you feel because she thought it was okay to comment about my makeup. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, well, mommy, I don't really think They're you're very that. honest I about know, that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't really, what's wrong with your eyes? Your makeup is messed up. And so <laughs> I, I usually just wear liner on the tops of my eyes, but this time I thought I would you were watching. I was video. watching this video of this uh, of this celebrity actually, and she was talking about her makeup routine and how she always has to have her eyeliner. And I just remembered I used to wear eyeliner under my eyes all mm. the way around all the time. Yeah, and I liked it. Now it was granted I was much younger, and so I thought I'd give it another try yesterday. <laughs> She's like, like, what the heck's wrong with your eyes, mommy? So, but here in that particular case, I did not think it was appropriate for her to speak up like right. that. She could have come to her. <laughs> Self, those are the types of opinions you can keep inside your head, right? And so, anyway. But I think it's important to speak up. I agree. It really is. I agree. And I, I, that was my message to them was, hey, listen, you know, there are things that we feel in our gut that we know make us uncomfortable. And for some reason, we struggle with, I mean, I struggle with, should I call the school or should I not call the school? And... Ultimately, you know, I think there's learning for all of us that I did call, right? Right. There's learning for the teacher. There's learning for the principal. And there's also learning for myself and for the kids. So, well, I think it doesn't always end out that way. But I mean, 
At the end of the day, if you you have to do what you feel like is the right thing to do. And right. don't let being afraid or fear stop you from, right. from speaking up. That's right. You're listening to Momish. Redefining life, work, and the absurdities of motherhood. Yes, we are. <laughs> do you? So what do you tell your therapist? Do tell. <laughs> tell us. I tell her all of the things that I don't tell anyone else. I, I tell her all of the things that I write in my journal. Oh, where's your journal? What do you mean, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's in my bag right now because I was there yesterday oh, yeah? and I needed to have a conversation Which with bag? her. Which bag? The bag and, here? All right, girl, stop. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I'm so, going to step out for a minute. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, do you have a therapist? No, I don't have a therapist that I see on a regular basis. Well, do you see her occasionally? Because no one goes every all the time. You yeah. usually go in like phases. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I have a therapist that I've seen in phases. Okay. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I love it actually. It's just like the, it's such very a very therapeutic. Therapeutic. Well, it's called it's therapy. Yeah. Therapy is the new what. The new I'm, black? Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, therapy is the new black. Right. I, I love it. And so I think I'm now that I'm almost 40, I'm always surprised when people don't have a therapist. Like, don't you need one? How do you? Yes. How do you? Because you just go through different phases in your life where different things are important. And sometimes it gets overwhelming or sometimes you need some perspective or sometimes you need to just get out of your own head and listen Yes. Very closely. Mm-hmm. Listen very closely. You have this, honey. Yes. So, wait, do you find that it's a lot of self discovery? Meaning, the therapist never really says to you, you need this, but you no, she gather never does. it. She never just does. You of talking course, through of it. course, she just. T- so, my, my therapist is, the, is a woman. And I've actually been seeing her since on and off since 2003, I want to say. Okay. Like when I was in uh, grad school. Anyway, so it helps that she's got lots and lots of just context of my in my life for yeah. such a long time. So I knew her before I got married, before I had kids, while I was still in school. So she's been with me through lots of different phases. phases. It seems like I'm still talking about the same <laughs> thing, though. She must... <laughs> Drink heavily and just be so. I just wonder how do they cope with everyone else's issues? Like how do they get that out of their psyche? But anyway, so that's a good um, question to ask a therapist. Seriously. So if you're a therapist, would you mind writing in and, and telling us and telling how us, do you do that? How, how do you cope? Because I, I I have no idea how I would, besides the obvious, right. <laughs> So why, tell me what you, don't tell me why you, like, what do you talk, well, without telling me what you talk about, I mean, it's kind of like like, just a check-in, you know, sometimes I, I need, I have a lot going on in my head and I, it is just like having a paid homegirl, like I pay her to listen to me, talk, talk about things. And there's some things that you, that are a secret that you haven't shared with anyone because for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of, you know, some people talk about things that make them feel, it's always things that you that you feel like you need to work on, whether mm-hmm. it be relationship or love or shame or feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's not always hard. That's not always easy for women to to shoulder. Sure. Um, just feeling like, you know, I, I, I feel like we try to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And sometimes it gets really heavy and we need to sit down and take a break. But we mm-hmm. can't let anyone else see us taking a break because right. it's just not in us to let people know that we have faults or weaknesses. And right. so it's okay to do that in front of your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm always surprised now when I meet people who don't have a therapist in their life. So you just really need one. It's interesting because I'm thinking about phases. And you're right. It is a it was a phase because I'm just sort of reflecting on when did I use a therapist and it was a phase. And also it was a time when I'm like, I couldn't really see a resolution, but I uncovered the resolution myself through the help of someone who asked me the right questions or sort of guided me through this path to uncover. Right. Because they're really never giving you any answers. Right. I'm like, can you just give me my prescription so I can leave? Right. <laughs> and sometimes I just want the answer. Like, could you just tell me, tell me what am I supposed oh, to do? And kidding. then I'll just go execute. I'm, right. I'm but just, I'm just kidding. My therapy doesn't dole out prescriptions, but I've been asking her to for quite some time. <laughs> like, well, what are you here for then? Oh. Can't you just give me the magic pill to just you know, wipe yeah. the slate clean and start fresh in my mind anyway. Sure. So, sure. Um, so if you don't do that, how do you cope? How do you move past whatever phase or issue or big question that you might be uh, pondering and not feeling like you can necessarily work through it all on your own in your own head? Mm-hmm. Or do you just feel like you can? I don't always feel like I can, but I do what you do. I journal. Right. And that gets it out of my head. And then I have my good girlfriend that I just, I just, I know she thinks I'm crazy. Well, you have to have that I one. I just say it. You have to have the one friend that no matter what you say, she's not going to judge you. That's right. And so. And she doesn't. That's so important. And I just love her for it. Yeah, I, I have one of those. I'm always still a little bit apprehensive when I get diarrhea of the mouth and just let it all <laughs> hang out I think one I remember once I was saying to her I was like and this is the effed up thing about being married and so I just don't understand (laughs) (laughs) and then nobody talks about it and so that I mean that's what I miss about you know just having just before I guess when we didn't have to be worried about what people would think you know when you had your when you had a boyfriend and he messed up you told your friends and they hate and they hated him and and then you moved on. You egged his car. You drove by in the middle of the night you with his your car. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember Los Huevos Fritos? Los Huevos Fritos. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, definitely, you can replace your therapist as as needed with your with your best girlfriend, and you have to have one. you have to have one. You gotta have one. <sighs> They're so wonderful. You're listening to Momish Radio. Hey, send us a note and we may feature it on an upcoming episode. Share your thoughts, questions, or absurdities. You can contact us at MomishRadio.com. I'm sorry.
right, we're going to cut that too. So, well, that gets me to thinking about this, the new book that I'm reading. Okay, what it's, are you reading? It's called How to Be a Person in the World. And so when my oh. daughter saw this, she's like, how can you not know how to be a person in the world? Aren't you just a person in the world? Yeah. But it's fit. And, and, and so then the... Then it also says, Ask Polly. So this woman, Heather Haverleski, has an advice advice column called Ask Polly, her guide through the paradoxes of modern life. And so I'm really feeling this book, although a lot of the scenarios are geared towards uh, people in their late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. So millennial Mm -hmm. types are writing in with these questions about love and relationships and work and pursuing your dreams and goals. And so... Even though they're coming from this particular age group that I am no longer a part of, Mm -hmm. the answers that she gives are just so just real to everyday life, just so inspiring and encouraging. And just, you know, some things, of course, you kind of already know, but need some reminding Mm -hmm. of of just, you know, how you should go about your daily life, just Mm -hmm. knowing that certain things are just because... So, like, give me an example. Oh, let's see. I'll read a, I'll read a little bit of one. Uh, when I'm reading, I take my phone in that little notes app, and I jot down some of my favorite quotes or lines or scenarios from whatever I'm reading. So this is favorite quotes from Ask Polly, How to Be a Person in the World. The world has told you lies about how small you are. Hmm. You are just a person with regular flaws fumbling your way toward a satisfying life. So it's like it's you're not. Even though you feel like in that moment that it's insurmountable, know, right? You're really it's it's everybody, mm-hmm. and and everybody's doing this mm-hmm. the same thing. We're all working towards the same goal, and it's not as easy as some people make it look. Mm-hmm. Slow down and drink yourself in too. Drink your life as it is. Drink your life in as it is right now. Recognize how much happiness is already at your fingertips and savor it as much as you can. This world wants nothing but happiness for you both. Um, Working on what gives you a sense of purpose and identity that gives you happiness is the definition of success. Oh, my gosh. I so agree with that. Right. So, you know, I was I I was saying that. that people have this idea of, you know, success being this celebrity or mm-hmm. being famously known for whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're trying to do. But she's saying, if you get to get up in the morning and do what you love and it makes you and it gives you purpose, mm-hmm. then that by itself in itself is it's the success. definition of success. I agree. Um, and I, I agree as well. So there is no another one says there is no scarcity of time and money and love in the world. And so. I have said before, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And so in this world where where there is social media and there's, you know, just Facebook and Instagram and you're able to see what people are doing on a daily basis, um, constantly, you know, Mm -hmm. feeding that into your soul, what someone else is doing. And so sometimes by comparison, let's say you you're an artist and so you're doing art that makes you feel good Mm -hmm. and that you love. But you also see, you know, this other person is doing the same thing or, you know, three other people doing the same thing. And you feel like, well, what makes mine different or what makes it special or or that you may compare yourself and feel like that person is better than you. But guess what? There's enough room for everybody to be and feel 
purpose and success in their mm-hmm. life. And so that relates to money as you know, as mm-hmm. well. It's Absolutely. like money and love and it's all there and in abundance. Yes. Um, Oh, I love that. Okay. And then I, one more. When you feed your soul and truly savor what you do with your time, that makes it much more likely that your big dreams will come true. Hooray. See? Yay. See, that's for everybody. That's yes, for everybody. It is for everybody. Okay. Momish Radio is recorded in Yellow Petticoat Studios in Atlanta. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Momish Radio. Don't forget, new downloads are available every Thursday on SoundCloud and iTunes. Or you can hear the latest episode on our website at momishradio.com. Woo-hoo.